Our scripture today comes from Isaiah chapter 9 and Luke chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and Luke chapter 2. Where the prophet Isaiah writes, For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And Luke 2, beginning of verse 8. In that region there were shepherds living in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You shall find the child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among all those whom he favors. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your holy word and for the privilege of studying it together. And now as I stand before these your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We light this candle as a symbol of the Prince of Peace. When we read the scripture from the Old Testament through the New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, we hear God's promise of peace. Peace. It's a gift that God wants to give to each of us, and yet if we are honest about it, Peace seems to be so elusive, so hard for us to celebrate, hard for us to obtain. We, we turn on the news and we see what's happening in our world. It's hard to, to imagine peace. And just today, today, as we look at the Holy Land, Jerusalem and Bethlehem, just six miles apart. And yet there's discord there in the land and in our own land. Peace just seems to be elusive, but it's not just in our world today. Peace seems to be elusive for all of us, even though the command by God, the most, the most quoted command, the most repeated command in the scripture from God is the command, fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. And yet we're, we're so anxious, so anxious most of the time. Did you know for clergy... If you look at, especially in our conference in the United Methodist Church, when we look at our insurance claims, do you know what our top claims are? It's not kidney stones. <laughs> Maybe for me. But, but do you know what the, the, the top claims are? The top claims among clergy in our insurance are gastrointestinal and heart. Why? Because we bottle up all this stuff. 
And, and we, we keep all this anxiety deep inside it. And we, we try to figure out how do we please God? And at the same time, how do we please a congregation? And it's not the easiest thing to do. And, and what does it mean to be faithful? We're stressed, but it's not just us. I mean, I, I have coffee with some of you, lunch with some of you, conversations with many of you. And, and some of what we learn is, is that you're stressed too. Stressed to the hilt. I mean, we, we have so much to do on our to-do list and so many emails to reply to and voicemails constantly that we need to return. And, and, and we have numbers that we need to hit, quotas that we need to hit. And then with mergers that have occurred, all of a sudden those numbers have gone up. The expectations are going up. And I hear you stressing going, I'm not sure these numbers are even realistic. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring for me. It's, it's a stressful time for so many people. Projects behind schedules, cost overruns that are happening, the client's no longer happy. It's eating us up. It eats us up inside. And when that affects us outside the home, imagine what happens when we come home because most of us were not able just to turn that off. And so we're stressed at home too. And we get busy. We're so busy today. We've got to run the kids here and, and run this kid there. And Well, this one's in this travel league and this one's in that travel league. So, so you go to this town and I'll go to that town and, and we'll meet up at Chick-fil-A. We try to figure out how do we make it work. We'll do the swap somewhere. And we're exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. We, we don't have time for each other. I hear couples when I'm doing couples counseling. I'll, I'll sometimes ask the question, so when was the last time you guys were on a date? Like a, a real date. When just the two of you on a date? A date. A date. When, when did we go on a date? Let's see. How old is our oldest kid? Right before that. We're so busy. And then when we finally do get time to be home together or, or, or to be together as a, as a couple and, and celebrating in our marriage, then, then all of a sudden it's like, we're going to sit down and watch this movie. We're so exhausted, so stressed. And yet we light this candle as a symbol of the Prince of Peace. I sure would like to have a little peace. It would be nice to receive the Christmas gift of peace. In the Old Testament, Isaiah is prophesying. He's prophesying during some difficult times. You might remember that, that there were the kings, that the children of Israel, as they entered into the promised land, wanted to have a king like everybody else. So, so they had Saul, then David, then Solomon. But pretty soon, the, the kingdom divides. And so you have the northern kingdom of Israel, the, the southern kingdom of Judah. And, and so now the whole place is divided. And, and pretty soon, the people forget about God. They, they, they start following everything that's happening in the world. And and the next thing you know, the northern kingdom is being taken over by the Assyrians. The Assyrians are coming in. Isaiah is proclaiming, we need to watch out. We need to repent. We need to return. We need to be faithful to God. God wants to bless us. We need to remember who we are. Our identity is the people of God. We're too busy. Too busy. Too much going on. The people began to forget. The northern kingdom's taken over soon. The southern kingdom, Jerusalem, the holy city, and Judah, the southern kingdom, conquered by the Babylonians. The people of God taken out of the holy land that they had been promised and scattered across the region. And their hearts are broken. They need peace. They need hope. And Isaiah is writing to these people. 
He's proclaiming the word of the Lord, and he says, there's still hope. As bad as it may seem, as hopeless as it may feel, there's still hope. For a child has been born for us. A son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. He is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Peace. Then several hundred years later, we're looking at Luke chapter 2, and, and, and now the Emperor Augustus is ruling. You see the, the children of Israel had gone through the Babylonian captivity, then there were all these other periods where others had conquered them, and, and just a small little time of, of independence when they were their own nation again, but it didn't take long. Now the Roman government's occupying the land. The Emperor Augustus is declaring a census. We need to know how many people we have here. It wasn't just to get a count. We're going to tax you folks. We need to know. But what's really interesting is that the Emperor Augustus, who declared this, this census, had also declared Pax Romana. That's a Latin phrase for the peace of Rome. You see, the Roman Empire was so big and so strong that, that the Emperor Augustus says, we now have peace. Peace. In the time from 27 B.C., so 27 before the Christian era, 27 B.C. through about 180 in the Christian era after Christ, that's known as Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. Peace. Well, if you ask the Romans, it probably felt like peace. We're strong, we're dominant. But if you ask the Hebrew people who were conquered by the Romans, probably didn't feel quite so peaceful. What is peace? I mean, is peace just the absence of conflict? Is it the absence of war? And is it really peace when you simply beat down your enemy to the point that they can no longer resist? When they've just submitted under the power. But is that peace? True peace, Pax Romana. The angels. When the angels appeared to the shepherds, the angels said, do not be afraid. I've got good news for you of great joy. For to you, this day in the city of David, a Savior is born. And this will be the sign for you. You shall find the babe wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. Not the peace of Rome. It's bigger than that. You see, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Shalom. And it simply, it means more than, than simply the absence of conflict. But, but peace, shalom, actually means wholeness, well-being, blessing, soundness. Ah, we light this candle as a symbol of the prince of shalom. The prince of genuine peace. The, the, the prince of peace that's, that's much deeper than that. That's one of the reasons why in, in our worship service you see this, this section known as the passing of the peace. The passing of the peace is meant to be a little bit more than, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, how do you think the Panthers are going to do today? 
I mean, we got a shot at this thing. I mean, you know, I mean, we, we, had, a bad, we had a bad time there for a little while, but how do you think they're going to do today? I think they're going to do all right. You think the preacher will get done in time we can get lunch, get back and see the kickoff? I mean, I know they put that clock up there for him. It's a little deeper than just a greeting. As a matter of fact, if, if you go to Israel and you run into some of the Hebrew people, they'll actually come up to you and they'll say, Shalom. Shalom. When you pass the peace, when you pass the shalom of God, what you're actually saying is, I want you to be complete. I pray God's blessing upon you. I pray God's peace upon you. I pray that, that you will be whole. I pray that you will be fulfilled. I pray that you will have God's peace. And that is far greater than Pax Romana. This is the peace of Christ. I pray for the peace of Christ. This is not the peace of Rome. This was peace to the whole earth. All the people. With whom God is pleased. Peace. And Paul teaches us that genuine peace, well, that comes when we are restored in our relationship with God. Reconciliation with God. And reconciliation with each other. We light this candle, candle as a symbol of the Prince of Shalom. God's peace. Paul says in Romans 5, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace. Now, the Greek word here is irene, but it's the same context as shalom from the Hebrew in the Old Testament. This peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. In Colossians 1, 19 and 20, Paul goes on to say, For in him, this baby, this baby that's wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger, for in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile all things to himself, whether on earth or in heaven, by the making of peace through the blood of the cross. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19, Paul says, And all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, the baby wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in the manger, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses or sins against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. Peace. Peace is about relationships. Reconciliation with us and God and with us and one another. Rick Warren talks about the difference between reconciliation and resolution. He says that resolution focuses on the issue, focuses on the problem. Resolution is about solving the problem. Reconciliation, he says, focuses on the relationship. Reconciliation focuses on the person. God is offering us a ministry of not resolution, but reconciliation. Because God wants a relationship with us. We light this candle as a symbol of the peace of shalom. God seeking to bring peace in our relationship with God. For we know. We know that Christmas is about the fact that we had a relationship with God and we turned away from God. And yet God wouldn't give up on us. 
God wanted us to experience shalom, peace, reconciliation with him, a restored relationship, not resolution, reconciliation. Restore relationship with God. You see, God is a God of peace. No wonder then Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount when he was talking to the disciples and the thousands were around, Jesus said in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers, those who strive for shalom. They'll be called the children of God. Paul, when he talks to us about putting on the whole armor of God, Paul says, you remember, he, he tells us to, to put on the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then he says in Ephesians 6, 15, as shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel, the good news of peace. Shalom. Shalom. Irene. So the scripture says, his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. The angels worshiped and praised God and said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace. God desires reconciliation. This baby in a manger is God offering you peace. But you know the hard thing about reconciliation is, is somebody has to make the first move. Somebody has to make the first move. Sometimes I hear people when they come, you know, for conversation, or even in our own family when our kids were growing up, you know, sometimes you'd hear, so-and-so didn't even speak to me today. Oh, really? Did you speak to them? Well, no, because they didn't speak to me. Well, great. You know what they're doing now? They're at home going, did you know that so-and-so didn't even speak to me today? Somebody's got to flinch. Somebody's got to blink. Somebody's got to make the first move. You want to know what Christmas is? God making the first move. Even though God did nothing wrong. That God was the faithful one in the relationship. God was the one who never forgot us and never turned against us. We're the ones who walked away from God. And yet, you know what Christmas is? It's God making the first move. Romans 5.8 God proves his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So on this day, God wants to make peace with you. If our relationship is broken, God wants to make peace with us. Shalom, reconciliation, wants us to be whole, complete, wellness. And God makes the first move and says, you'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. For to you is born this day in the city of David, your Savior, who is the Christ, who is the Lord. God moved first. Now we have to decide whether we accept it or just watch it. And in our relationship with others, to be Christ-like, if God makes the first move, then that may mean we need to as well. Somebody's got to blink. And if God is willing to be the one to blink and we're Christ-like, then blessed are the peacemakers 
those who will move to make shalom in the name of God. We light this candle for the Prince of Shalom, the Prince of Peace. And if you need peace today, that God has offered you an amazing gift. And God made the first move. Now, it's up to us to receive this gift of God's grace. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for your love and grace. And we're grateful that you were willing to humble yourself and make the first move. For you were the one who has been faithful the whole way. When you created the covenant that you would be our God and we would be your people, you've continued to be our God. We're We're the ones who often walk away from you. So God, we pray that you would forgive us and offer us peace. We need peace in our lives and in our world today. And to have peace in our world means that we've got to begin in our own lives, in our own hearts, in our relationship with you and with others. How can we have peace in a world when we can't have peace inside? So God, we pray for shalom. We praise you for offering to us reconciliation, a relationship, a restored relationship with you in the name of the Christ, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen.